Hey everybody, welcome back to the Echo Outdoors podcast. Uh, today's show is just a BS session between Caleb and myself telling some of our favorite turkey stories from the past few seasons, just trying to get everybody as jacked up for turkey season as we are. A little bit of context for the show, um, today is March 12th, which is exactly three weeks out from the spring opener of spring turkey season here in Tennessee, and we've had a uh, quote-unquote winter storm come through i call it a quote-unquote winter storm because you know it is for here in tennessee but maybe not for everybody we got about four inches or so but um yeah just trying to get everybody excited uh for turkey season so uh hope you enjoy the show Why did you have me listen to this? Well, I guess it's part. Well, of, never mind. Uh, you can tell now, me later. Oh, I, I got you because I've already snuck in here. Hit the record button because it was picking up uh, some of the music in the background. Oh yeah. I I just want to know. I've asked several people this, and uh, I'm just trying to figure out why Barry Gibb, I think's his name. Why does he perpetually sound like he's about to sneeze <laughs> every song? <laughs> every song he sings, and then. <laughs> because <laughs> i was see i've got this and um if people want i think it's public if people want to check it out i've got i've got some fairly eclectic taste in music and i've got this one playlist on spotify i just call randomness and so i was listening to it the other day and that song come in and he's all on there like sound like he's building up for the world's you know most epic sneeze that ever happens and uh i started wondering about that and i asked my wife and she didn't have a good a good answer and then um I thought, I thought, well, hell, I'll get Caleb to listen to it, and I'll ask him. And then, when I was thinking about what we're going to talk about today, and I was thinking about the Barry Gibb noises, I was like, I bet if you could figure out how to play them loud enough, I bet you could get some shot gobbles off of those, yeah, <laughs> off those high pitched noises. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah, when it came when the the <laughs> uh, when it came time for the the ha ha ha. Part of staying alive, yeah. I bet you'd get. I bet you that would do it right there. Those loud ha, you know, that would probably do yeah. it. Yeah, ha ha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That in, that, part. in that one song, man, I about yeah. When it dawned on when it, when it clicked on me, I about lost it because I was like, he sounds like he just he sounds like he's got the world's biggest sneeze. Yeah, Kevin. That's funny. Uh, I could not figure out when you asked me to listen to that. I could not <laughs> figure out what you were up to. Well, I, think, I, I was thinking about that, and I was like, I, I was like, I also thought, I thought maybe I'll start off a lot of the podcast with just these random, random weird questions that pop into my head during the week, and I'll get you to ponder on them. With just like, what's what's his angle? Because I don't know. I figured it would might be a it might be a decent segue since we're talking about shot gobbles. Yeah. To get into, you know, what we're going to talk about, which is a uh, some chats on some turkey stories, trying to get everybody jacked up for turkey season. Yeah. Sounds fun. Oh yeah, it's always a good time. I tell you, um, we both got two different hunts lined up in the same WMA, and the more I think about it, the more aggravated I get because not only like the hunts themselves, they want you out of there by one o'clock at the latest, 
but then the only day, only day they get you to go in that uh, they give you to go in and scout. You can only scout to noon, and it's the statewide opener for turkey season. So it's like, yeah, trying to screw you out of a turkey hunt. Yeah, that's that's like officially some horse malarkey, man. Like, yeah, that's that's some yeah. BS. I, and then I got to, th- you know, I was thinking, I was like, well, they want you out of there by noon, so. Maybe I could throw, you know, my shotgun and stuff in my vehicle, mm-hmm. go scout till a half day, and then go get afternoon hunting somewhere. But since the place, since the WMA is on Department DOE, Department of Energy Land, yeah, I'm willing to bet since it's not an actual sanctioned hunt that they're not going to let you have firearms yeah. or weapons in your vehicle. Yeah, I'd say you're right. <laughs> So that means driving probably an hour to get over there to scout. And then if I wanted to go hunt that afternoon, have to drive an hour back to the house to get my gear. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I may, uh, hopefully they'll send out the packets with the maps and I can just cyber scout and go in there on a wing and a prayer and hope, hope to put something. Actually, if you're, if you're a real pal, you know, your hunt comes up before mine does. You can drop me a couple of, a couple of waypoints. Well, I'll be more than happy to give you some some waypoints and to also tell you what not to do because I'm pretty <laughs> sure I can figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I was um when we were talking about recording some of the, I, I realized that pretty much all of my favorite turkey stories have uh, ended with me not getting a turkey. Yeah. So. Yeah, there's something about there's something about the uh, the being outsmarted that kind of makes for a good story. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was, uh, I was thinking about it earlier. I was, um, I was trying to make a board game analogy and I was thinking that if, um, you know, if deer hunting was kind of like, a, I don't know, maybe it's kind of like monopoly cause you're trying to think ahead and you're trying to put together pieces of the puzzle so that way on down the road, you can make the right moves to get it done. Hmm. But Turkey hunting, I would say would be more like a, more like battleship. Like you're just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> out there yeah like just throwing hail marys hoping yeah. you hear something but yeah yeah and then and then you hit a you hit somebody's uh somebody's ship and you just are ecstatic no oh, yeah you know i was uh when we went hunting together last year i was ecstatic when we finally got a turkey goblin and speaking of ships that dude they came right into the party over there on their pontoon boat and ruined everything yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm still convinced that that would have went a different way if they hadn't run up there in that pontoon. Yeah, man, because the turkey was like, okay, I guess I guess we'll just get started with this one, even though it wasn't one of the ones I was necessarily planning on telling. But yeah, we were hunting. We were hunting. I've also realized, going back and listening to these podcasts before I edit them, that I might need to work on not sounding quite as redneck when I when I talk. But anyway. No, I, I think it's part of the mystique. <laughs> part of the mystique, part yeah. of the air. Uh, anyway, we, yeah, we were, we were on this, uh, on this WMA and we'd been in there. I was about ready. To, it was what? It's about midday. Mm-hmm. I was about ready to call it quits cause it was getting hot. And yeah, this WMA is on a lake and there was like this little cove and we started hearing the turkey gobble on the other side of the cove and dove in a bunch of bushes cause we knew he's a long way away, but we also knew the boundary for the WMA and the private land was like about halfway between us. And you can clearly hear this turkey 
getting closer and closer and closer. And about the time I started getting really jacked up was when that pontoon boat come in and they docked and everybody's hooting, hooting and hollering and having a good time. And then you just hear the turkey gobbling, like going the opposite direction back up the hill. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty heartbreaking. We uh, yeah, it was depressing. We worked hard for that, and then I think we both thought this is going to happen, and then it didn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pretty well. Uh, I was pretty well sold on that. I was like, yeah, this is a because I mean it was it was late enough in the season and late enough in the day that like I knew this dude was just out, you know, uh, much like Barry Gibb in staying alive was just out looking looking for love, and he was he was using his uh his ladies man walk to get over there to us, and they just uh full full our plans. Yep. So what are uh there, there's a good intro story. What's uh what, what are some of the more experience more exciting experiences you've had? So my uh, uh my favorite turkey hunting story to tell um actually comes from the my first morning in the turkey woods like um i had uh you know i started deer hunting then a few years later i started turkey hunting and i had done all my scouting and done all my research and practiced my call and blah 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 and i headed out for the first morning and i had um i had found a uh the face of a ridge that had a bunch of scratching and stuff on it and sign without a bunch but enough to make me want to sit you know and then up on top, I had identified uh, there was like a, a line of, you know, maybe 60 or 70 foot tall cedars up on the top. And I thought, OK, maybe they'll, you know, maybe they're roosting up in these cedars and then they'll pitch down off this hill. Um, so I walked in before, you know, went in, got my spot, sat down. Sun starts to come up. Um, well, actually, I walked you know, on the way in that morning. I actually had a run in with a couple of pigs in the trail, which was pretty exciting. But pre-dawn little blobs moving around in the trail in <laughs> front of me. And I, I you know, I kind of, I, I saw them and I thought that's, I thought that's bear cubs. And I was like, that's, you know, not good. This is yeah. bear cubs. That's not good. And then I was like, Oh, well it's just pigs. And then I was like, Oh, wait a second. It's pigs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, means, <laughs> that means, you know, there's, there might be a lot, you know, a big old mama pig here somewhere, but yeah. Anyway, they moved off, and I went into my spot, sat down. Um, you know, when it came time for fly down, and it was really, really, really foggy that morning. Like, couldn't see the nose on your face. It was so foggy. I mean, just, and it comes down. For, you know, comes time for fly down, and I'd been listening to a turkey in the in the trees where I thought they were going to be, I, I was listening to a turkey before dawn up there making racket, moving around, you know, and then it fly down, it pitched down and it flew over the top of my head <laughs> and was so close to me that it, that it swirled the fog above my head. Nah. I mean, it, uh, if I had held my gun up, I think it would have, I think it would have hit my gun when it flew wow. over the top of my head. Um, and then landed on the, I could hear it land. I couldn't see it, but I could hear it land on, I was, you know, kind of around the face of the, the ridge a little bit, you know, maybe 200 yards to my right. I could hear it land. I could hear it down there. And at look, you know, knowing what I know now, I'm pretty sure it was, it was, I think probably either probably a single, a single hen or maybe a Jake. I don't know, but it was a single bird. Um, 
I could hear it down there scratching around and uh, making racket, you know, and doing its thing. And then at by the time the fog burned off, it was like it was like the bird evaporated with the fog. It was just gone. And uh, and it being that that was my first experience in the in the turkey woods, um, you know, you would you would think that success would lead to being addicted to, you know, addicted to turkey hunting. But there was something about the fact that it was so close to me and then it just, it was like it just evaporated. Um, it, it made them seem sort of, you know, mystic or something, you know I mean? Like it made them seem, it made the turkeys seem very, uh, uh, ethereal or something. And I, uh, and I, yeah, it made me, it got me re- I mean, that morning got me really, really, fi- I was already pretty fired up, but I got really fired up about turkey hunting after that. Yeah, I think, um, man, and I, I'm sure there's other people that disagree with me, but I think, especially when you're introducing new hunters to hunting, I've always said, you know, take them turkey hunting because if they don't like, you know, if they can't, if you get out there, even just getting a response to a call, or hearing and knowing you're hearing a turkey. If you don't, if you go out there and you don't enjoy turkey hunting, to me, you're probably just not going to enjoy hunting. Period. Yeah. And uh, I've had that's a pretty cool experience. I've not had the I've like I've never had anything where like they're swirling the fog above my head or anything like that. But I've had them like seemingly disappear into thin air. But I've also had them where I thought they disappeared into thin air, and I went to try to move and get closer and busted them because they were actually you know walking making their way to me yeah that's happened a lot i had a i had one man up at um i nobody will know exactly where i was at. i was up at um cove creek and i was it was midday like it always is whenever i strike a bird up there for some reason <laughs> and i'd heard uh seriously like with the exception of like one time i've been up there Every bird I've ever got to gobble up there has been right when I was on the precipice of giving up and heading yeah. back to the truck. Yeah. But I heard, man, he was, he couldn't have been 200 yards away. I knew what field he was in and he was gobbling in the field. And then I got set up and I called and called and called and I never heard him. I walked the edge of the field, nothing. It was just like he was there. Yeah. Just like he just disappeared. You were, um, this isn't that great of a story, but you're, you're reminding me, um, uh, you're talking about being out there in the early early morning and first on your first turkey hunt. One of the first ones that I did by myself. Um, my dad's got some property, and it's a one of the stories I'm going to tell for sure plays into this property. So I'll go ahead and kind of get people to imagine if you make like a, um, you know, if you make like the one a rock sign where you put your two middle fingers down and you got your index and your pinky finger sticking out. If you were to set that down in front of you and imagine your hand as the crest of the main mountain and then your index finger and your pinky finger as like ridges that are shooting off that mountain and in between the two there's a creek and a field that's kind of my dad's property and uh this is one of the first times i've ever been like i've been a couple of times but it's like one of the first times i don't know i was just feeling real good about it. it's one of the first times i felt real good about it you know i felt like me and my my column was getting to a pretty good point and I was kind of getting an idea of when to get in there and get set up. And I was super stoked, man. I got in there like probably an hour before daylight. I'd sit down underneath this cedar tree in the field. Like you could, it was a real low hanging limbs. And right about the time it started cracking daylight, 
I started hearing the uh, I started hearing some soft tree yelps on the ridge that was directly in front of me. So I'm kind of like sitting with my back up against my index finger ridge, facing the pinky finger ridge, and so I start doing some soft tree yelps. I'm like, man, this is awesome. You know, it's the first time I've ever heard the birds yelping in the tree. I'm gonna try to make them think I'm over here. It's gonna be great. So right about daylight, all of a sudden I hear what sounds like a vehicle pulling into the property and i'm like that ain't right dad's not supposed to be up here so i sit there for a minute next thing i know i start hearing a wheel spinning man and then i hear a door slam and i hear a guy get out and I'm like, oh, he's you know all kinds of ruckus going on and then i hear another door slam and i hear a woman get out and they're bickering back and forth just as loud as can be and they're stuck and spinning and you can tell that like you can't really make, well, you can make out what they were saying. I don't remember what they were saying, but I, you could definitely get the sense that what they were saying, you know, they knew they weren't supposed to be in there and they were arguing and trying to get out of there in a hurry. And, uh, yeah, at that point in time, like the birds shut up. I didn't hear anything else because it was loud and they were spinning wheels. And uh, so anyway, I took off running to the driveway with my uh, shotgun. When I get it, I can imagine what they were thinking because I'm, I think what happened, I, I was pulled down on the backside of a barn and you couldn't see my vehicle. And so when they pulled in the Jeep, when they pulled in the driveway, I think they were just going, I don't know what they were going in there to do, but they were going in there and they weren't supposed to be in there. And then they saw my Jeep and that's when they got stuck and they were trying to get out of there. And anyway, yeah, they both just turned like when I come walking around the corner with my shotgun in my hand, they both just kind of like turned white and they're like, uh, is this, uh, and they gave me the name, the name of the neighbor behind me. I'm like, no, it's not in his place at all. Like, oh, uh, okay. And finally, they got back in their little, I think it's like a little S10, two-wheel drive S10. They just floored it and spun out until they finally got out of there and backed up out of the road. But yeah, I was, uh, that was super disappointing because like I was just so stoked because I thought I had everything put together. I had my call, you know, I had my calling dialed in. I knew the birds were back in there. I was in there well before daylight. They didn't have any clue I was there. And I was like ready to rock and roll. And then this, uh, these yahoos come in there and, I don't know. They probably, I probably could have stayed, but like it was one of those things. Like, I think we talked about it a little bit before. Like, when we were talking about the um, hunting close to urban areas, it's kind of like your experience gets ruined. Maybe the hunt's not ruined, but at that point in time, it's just like, ah, yeah, just go to the house. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that experience before. <laughs> like, I might be able to hang in here and get something done today, but that's not really what I'm looking for. Yeah, no, I'm not not feeling it anymore. Yeah. So is that a? I know you got more, man. You got to have more than than the fog story up your sleeve. I got a pretty good story about getting busted by a a, a Jake. My impatience getting me busted by a Jake. <laughs> um, it was uh, it was I had went in in the morning and I had a spot picked out and went in and sat and didn't it didn't pan out the way that I wanted it to. So I was up on my feet moving around you know, trying to, trying to strike up a gobbler. And, uh, and I did. And so I was in a, I was in a, uh, they had cut a road out along the top of a ridge. They'd cut a road out and then the ridge kind of flattened out back off the road a ways. And so there was a big, a big series of fields, maybe a mile back off the road. Um, and I was working my way down that road and, and calling and, uh, and, uh, struck the bird up. And I thought the bird was 
in the woods down off that off that road. I later realized that he was actually the field wrapped, you know, the field out at the end of the road wrapped around a lot farther than I realized. And he was actually in the field, which will play into what happened. (laughs) Um, But I, I struck him up and I thought, well, he's down there in the woods, middle of the day. He's looking, I mean, he's looking for love. It's, he's gobbling at, he's gobbling at 11 o'clock, you know, he's, he's, something's going to happen here. So threw up my decoy, got, you know, back down just to the other side of the road where I was kind of, he would have to stick his head up to see where the sound was coming from. And I thought, you know, when his head comes over the top of that road, I mean, that's it for him, you know? And, uh, that was, that was my setup. I got in and I had a big root ball to my left, which is the side that the field was on. The road went that way and the field was out there and I had a big root ball to my left. And I thought, you know, I'm, I'm down behind the berm of the road here. He's going to come up out of the woods and pop his head up to see the decoy and see this, see where the sound's coming from and stuff. And Kaplawi, that'll be the end of him. I have this root ball here. I'm kind of hidden, whatever. I start calling. He's answering, answers me probably three or four times. And, uh, and at this point he's in my mind, I'm eating Turkey for dinner already. Like the whole thing sealed, you know, like I have figured this out and he's, I mean, he's going home, you know, he's headed, he's headed home in the back of my truck and, uh, and then he just shuts up. Um, I'm, I thought, well, yeah, okay. This, this ain't good. I sit there and I call a little bit. I gave it about 15 minutes or so. And I should have gave it 16 because I was totally blind on my left side. Like the, the root, the root ball meant that I couldn't see anything happening down the road or out in the field. Um, but I just got frustrated and gave up, you know, stood up to go round up my decoy and move on. I stood up. He's 10 feet from me on the other side. Ah. Of the he's right there. If, if he had taken three more steps, four more steps, he would have been where I could, he would have been out in front of that root ball and he would have, you know, I could have shot him and I just stood up. I, I stood up a minute too early. Ah, and what, give you the, what had happened was, is he was out in that field and he had made a big old huge loop to avoid going down into the, off the ridge. And he'd made a big old huge loop through that field and come and walked right up the road, right in my blind, like right in my blind spot. And the fact that that root ball was there and it was, you know, they had the sides of the road mowed down pretty low. There wasn't a lot of leaf and I couldn't hear him. He wasn't making any noise. He was coming in silent. I was totally blind on that side. And I stood up and he's, I mean, he was, I don't know who was more surprised to see who, <laughs> but cause I stood up and he's staring at me and I'm staring at him and he made one noise and I mean, gone. he was in, I think he was in Alabama when he hit the ground, man. I mean, he was <laughs> moving <laughs> when he took off out of there. Yeah. If he was a, uh, if that was a Jake, that's probably a Jake that's had a, uh, Sounds like he might have had some other experiences to bust out of there that quick. Yeah. I, he was, when I, the only, so I only laid eyes on him when he was making his escape. But I, I think, I think I could see where the tail, you know, it looked to me like the tail wasn't growing in all the way. So right. what makes me think it was a Jake and it wasn't a very big, I mean, it was a pretty small bird. So I don't know. I never saw him popped up and strutting. So 
could have just been a real small tom but but i suspect it was a jake but he he was warier than you usually give a jake credit for warier than your average jake yeah <laughs> of course where i was at gets a lot of pressure so that might not have been the it might have might not have been the hunter first hunter he saw that morning you know he might yeah i mean he could have had several bad experiences already that day <laughs> Now, man, I don't know what's going on, but I'm getting the hell out of here. It's just nuts. <laughs> People, these bipedal creatures popping up behind root balls. Yep. This time of the blue, like whack them all. Yep. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, that's a lesson. I hope, knock on wood, that it's a lesson I learned. But it, I'm starting to realize that um, you were talking about the uh, logging road. That, man, like, I think they'll use... Like it seems like they'll use those logging roads if they're there, like regardless. Because last year I was uh, I was hunting a piece of a uh, TVA land, and I may have told this story before, so I'll make this one quick. But yeah, they were gobbling. I was on a lake, and they were off the side of the ridge. There was at least one. I think there was two now. Looking back on it, off the side of the ridge gobbling, but it was wide open. I mean, this was like the first weekend of turkey season, so stuff was just barely getting green. The ridge was, you know, wide open. like So I was like, and it wasn't steep. So I was like, man, I was like, I'll just sit up on this tree. And surely they'll just come straight up the ridge to me because they were gobbling in response to what I was doing. And uh, they gobbled and gobbled until they flew down. And when they flew down, I just shut up at that point. I was like, all right, I'm going to play hard to get. I'm going to make them think I'm not coming to them. And uh, yeah, a few minutes later, I was sitting there. And I like still, and I heard behind me, and I ease back around, and I see the gobbler has like apparently went around the ridge on because I found out later that the logging road ran around the whole edge of the ridge, and apparently he followed that logging road all the way up and came on the logging road behind me. Hmm. So I waited for him to duck down behind the uh, like little knoll or whatever it is where the where the road's at. And I scuttled around to the other side of the tree when I couldn't see him anymore. And I started making some calls. Well, I get another bird gobbling behind me. And he's coming in on another logging road that's down below me. And I see him. So I scuttled back around to the side of the tree I was on. I'm laying on the ground on my belly at this point. And uh, I, I, at the end of the day, I guess it was just too much movement. Because the one that I never saw the one that was behind me again. And the one that come in on the logging road, I, I initially when this happened, I thought it was the same bird, but now I'm pretty sure it's two different birds. And the one that come in on the logging road behind me or below me, he uh he put it out, he noped out whenever I guess he saw too much rustling around yeah. for his liking. That's um that's one thing they tell you, you know, I've heard forever that uh turkeys apparently they say they won't they won't go downhill. Or they don't like to go downhill, but I've seen them go down ridges like way too many times. I had a, there was one time back up there at my dad's place when I was on the pinky part of the mountain ridge. And I had one coming down the spine of the ridge behind me and uh, he was fired up gobbling. He's getting closer and closer to the point where it's like almost hurting my ears to hear him. And I ease around to my left because I got a tree behind me and I see him coming down the ridge and I pulled, I told um, Brad Luttrell from Go Wild. He's a uh, he. He knows he knows about this. He busted. He called me out on one of his uh, Restless Native podcasts. But yeah, I pulled. I pulled around to take the shot, 
and click. Nothing happened. So I uh, mess around, click again. Then finally, I'm starting to like freak out. Like, why am I, you know, why is my gun not going off? And I start kind of like almost, almost violently pulling the trigger, trying to get the thing to go off. <laughs> and I see, I mean, I seriously, I was like, yeah, trying to get, trying to get this shotgun to go off. And I see the turkey's head go from like a white pink shade, like just a blood red. And then he did the, uh, did the putt of death yeah. and uh, took off back up the ridge from when she came. And lo and behold, my dumb ass, and I will say that because that's what it was. I was trying to shoot my shotgun with the safety on. Yeah, that's, so that's why I was like, yeah, I was like, ah. And I, I, I could have sworn I checked it and took it off, but uh, yeah. yeah, no, I didn't. No, yeah. it was on bigger, bigger than. Yeah, I would. I'll get out. I don't consider myself an expert on anything, but I'm. I feel almost confident in saying that guns work a whole lot better with the safety off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I found I found that out that day for sure. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah, man, that was a. I felt like an idiot too because, like, it was one of those things. Like, after it happened, like I was when I was replaying it in my mind, I realized I realized how violently I was like, almost like if if you could punch something with your index finger, that's what I was doing on the trigger, and this thing just wasn't going off, and I couldn't figure out why. Work, dang you! Work. Yeah, it was. It was. It was nuts. I just kind of came to a sort of a funny realization. Like if you, if you ask somebody in my experience, if you ask somebody to tell a deer hunting story, you will almost certainly get a success story. Yeah. You'll get somebody, Oh man, I was, it was beautiful morning and I was set up in the right spot and this big old, you know, 10 pointer just walked right down the thing and I put one right between his ribs uh, and you know, and he went a hundred yards. You almost always get success stories. My experience when you ask people for turkey hunting stories you almost always get the like calamity and the failure yeah and the, <laughs> the unsuccess yeah, stories. like <laughs> you know i did everything right except that last thing and then i screwed up or i got outsmarted by this old bird or by this or what you know and then this there's hen busted me like it's it they're almost always failure stories and we like i love telling the stories where i got outsmarted like I think oh yeah right yeah, I don't. Um, I've gotten. Um, I started turkey hunting. That, like, like I've said before, that's what got me back into hunting. Right at, I guess it's been about nine years ago now. I think I was twenty nine when I went, and my dad finally talked me into going, and I went. And that's what got me hooked. I only went once that year, but it got me hooked, and so I really started when I was thirty. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, in my turkey hunting career, I've managed to get three turkeys and i've not told any of those stories because i don't think they're <laughs> i don't think they're as good as the ones where i didn't get a turkey yeah. but that being said i'm so jacked up for turkey season this year that my biggest fear going into this season is that like i'm going to choke under my own pressure that i've put on myself because i've went two seasons now yeah. without getting a bird and had real close encounters, and I'm just afraid. I'm, I'm afraid I'm gonna get in my own way at this point. Well, I think that's a that's a pretty good uh, pretty good transition there to talk about uh, what are your plans for this season. What do you got? Oh man, what do you got planned? Yeah. Is there anywhere special well, you're wanting to try to anywhere new or somewhere you've tried before you want to go back to? Or 
you know. I, I'm definitely planning on going back to a um, um, place I went last year with a uh, that, that Michael fella that uh, I hunted Katusa with. Yeah, I'm planning on going back up there with a uh, back up there with my dad on the uh, tentatively on the um, first hunt they have for Katusa, assuming the weather's not too wonky and uh well you said you went that, last you know, year and there was snow right yeah man and that's what was so trippy is because i went i purposely i remember when i scheduled for my time off and i was looking at the regs like i purposely waited till like halfway into the season because i'm used to going on opening weekend in turkey and like maybe opening weekend maybe the second weekend here in tennessee you'll get some real crazy weather sometimes you'll get you know massive plump you know drops in temperature and stuff just won't work but normally, by midway through April, you're starting out kind of chilly, 45, 50 degrees in the morning. And then by 10, 11 o'clock, you know, you're shedding layers because it's knocking on 75 degrees. Yeah. So I scheduled that hunt in particular because I was like, well, there's no way it'll be cold in. And the first morning that, you know, we woke up after setting up camp, it starts damn snowing on us. And it's just like dropped down to like 30. It was, yeah, it was uh, yeah. crazy. But we're, uh, you know, we're under, you know, here, here in, knoxville we're under a uh winter storm watch right now for saturday yeah which is yeah when i came out of work tonight i looked down and realized the roads were salted yeah like, you gotta be kidding me <laughs> i'm um i'm hoping i'm hoping this is like i'm hoping this is like <laughs> mother nature kind of like giving me like a little wink like you know i'm gonna go like she's get, like getting it out of her system and like she's like, i'm not gonna screw with you this year buddy and yeah. it's kind of giving me like a but that's one, of, you know, that's one of the most. I was thinking about this earlier too. Like it's, it's one of the things I love. I love everything about turkey season, but one of the things in particular is like the, um, just the weather, man. Because the season and the weather, you get started early enough here where you're pretty much getting the tail end of winter when you go out, and then by the end of it, especially here in Tennessee, I don't know what it's like in the rest of the country, but like it's almost like summertime. So it's like you get to see like the breath of like three seasons in one and you never know what like, you might, it might be rain. You might have thunderstorms. It might be high, you know, bluebird skies. You just, I don't know. I, it's fun. Yeah. I just like, like the weather aspect of it too. Yeah. You start, you start hunting turkeys shivering and you end hunting turkeys sweating. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I'm a, so we're doing Katusa and then I've got the, um, I've got that, uh, I guess I won't. I don't know if I should say the name of it or not. So I'm not going to. But I've got that WMA hunt. It's a uh, closer to Knoxville towards the end of April. And I'm a uh, man. I'm uh, I'm both. I'm both looking forward to it. it. You know, if they don't cancel it, which I don't, I don't think they're going to. But you never know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm both looking forward to it, and I'm kind of like not looking forward to it because it's just like it seems. You know, get. I don't know. It just seems like real structured. And one of the things I love about any kind of hunt in general, especially on public land is just the uh, freedom to wander. And I just don't know how much, I don't know how much of that I want to get with this particular, yeah. <laughs> this particular place. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it just to, just to, uh, well, you know, like you said, we both, we both drew for the, for the sake of the listeners, I will state, we both drew at the same WMA on, but on two different weekends. So, right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm looking forward to it just kind of for a different experience, you know, just to go in and see and, and what's it about. And I've heard from people there's there's birds like, you know, there's 
it's not there's no shortage of birds which is yeah kind of nice to hear um but i think it's i'm also looking forward to not having to hunt that place every weekend all season long because i think I'd, yeah i think i'd get pretty sick of how like you're saying how structured it is you know i mean there's there's places you, you know places on the property where you can't go and you got to be out by a certain time and you da, da 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 and there's an awful lot of hoops to jump through so but but it's i think it's going to be a fun experience just to go in and see something different but it should be i mean theoretically man it should be like it should be gangbusters in there because you got two and a half years worth of turkeys that theoretically have never had a gun <laughs> pointed at their face yeah, and shot they, at them because of they've canceled it right yeah 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 because of the pandemic they've canceled the past um yeah. past couple of years so what about you i know i know you got we got a uh, we got those hunts yeah but uh you got anything else up your sleeve yeah uh so a friend of mine uh bought a piece of property um he bought it either so it was right after turkey season last year so as part of the as part of the deal uh the previous owner actually let him go up and hunt the property for turkey season last year Mm. and uh and he went up there and i think if i remember right he was either he killed two birds in two days or two birds in two Mm. weekends and uh and put in an offer on the place. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, he said he, he basically anywhere you sat down, there was a bird goblin. So, wow. Um, I bet that was an interesting contract. Like, yeah, I'm really interested in the place, but it's, it's all going to be contingent on yeah. what kind of turkey activity you got going on. If I can go out here and kill a bird, I'll take it. I'll take it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, he bought it. He bought the place last year and he spent, uh, you know, all summer, all last fall, all winter working on the place and, and doing some improvements. And I've been up there a little bit with him working on it. And, uh, and so I'm going up opening weekend, uh, to go, to go hunt. Actually, uh, me and my wife, she's going to go hunting for the first time. Me, my wife, um, my friend, and then one of his friends from work, we're all four going to go up and hunt um, and camp and, and do a big opening weekend. Um, so I got that. And then, uh, and then, like you said, we got those, uh, we got those, those WMA quota hunts or whatever. And then I've, I've got a spot that I've, I've had pretty good success for, you know, pretty good success on the last couple of years um, that I thought if, if time allowed, I thought maybe me and you'd go hunt that together and see, see if we could make something happen up there. Cause it's, I've never been up there and not heard a bird or laid eyes on a bird or had a bird coming in. So it's, it's been pretty good spot. Um, I haven't quite put the puzzle together. I haven't been able to put the last piece in the puzzle up there yet. So I was thinking that might be kind of a fun, uh, outing for me and you to go up there and, go hunt that together so yeah man that'd be great because uh the place you're talking about i've been place you're talking about i know um i've been curious i've been curious about that area for a, a few years now and i've just never never made it up there so I'd, I'd like to go up there just for the sake of checking it out and yeah learning some new uh learning some new ground i got a place i want to go back to that is um in a 
in your old close to your old stomping grounds that uh, I went um, to where I got busted on opening day last year by those two birds. And uh, but I don't think it gets some activity, but it's not hunting activity. I think most of the activity it gets is a miscreant yeah. type activity <laughs> up there. Yeah. So I, I want to go. I want to well, go back up there. If for it's that. near where I grew up, that's not surprising. <laughs> yeah, there was a. Um, the last time I hunted up there, uh, there was a, a group of people. And so I, could, I don't even know how they got their car back in there because there's trails that you can drive on to get back in there. But they're not, you know, four-door sedan friendly. And this is an old beat-up like red four-door sedan that come driving in yeah. through there. And I left shortly after they came in because... I think they thought they were going to make a big loop and they, they drove around to the back side of the property and realized it was gated off. But on the other side of that gate was my Jeep. And just judging simply from what this car looked like, I was like, well, now they know my Jeep's parked over there and nobody's around. So I guess I'll go ahead and go over there and escort myself out of here at this point in time. And probably, probably nothing would have happened, but I was still a little, a little nervous about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's smart. No turkeys worth losing the faithful chariot yeah she i my you know it's been a pretty good other well i say it's been good other than the fact that i put a new radiator on it this year and a new water pump on it this year and a whole bunch of other stuff and i mean for a 20 something year old four-wheel drive vehicle she's been pretty been pretty good yeah you've about sold me on the uh you've about sold me on the subarus though as a as a hunting vehicle just yeah. i don't know i've been i've been for some reason i've been like walked into those past couple weeks thinking about one whenever we get the car paid off you know they got uh they got lift kits for super i know i know i was i've already been eyeballing them yeah they've got two inch and four inch yeah in case you're uh in case you're wondering yep <laughs> i've put that i've put that subaru in some places that it didn't have any business being i'll tell you that <laughs> well you know another thing too and like i'm not going to get political or anything because it i mean gas prices are always in fluctuation and like you know right now they're pretty flipping high and i just i like the idea of a truck but i like the idea of being able to go and do what i want to do more than feeling like i'm shackled to a certain radius because of insanely high gas prices and besides what's got me really you know i'm like really at the end of the day i don't need to pull that much weight because my little rinky dink boat that i'm working on is not that heavy and yeah, so I really just need something that's all wheel drive and it can pull a couple hundred pounds. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be I'll be good to go. Yep. Well, sir, do you got any more um you got any more stories you want to throw in there before we before we wrap her up? No, I, I think I told my two best ones. So. Your two best ones. Yep. I got one I wanna throw out there and I know it's like this is a terrible segue, but just to kind of give like an idea to people of how fun you know, I don't know, maybe I should say how miserable it is to keep more people at home from trying it. But Yeah, turkey hunting's awful. Don't go. It's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's horrible. But I think, uh, see, I don't remember if it was last year or the year before last, but one, one like, hands down, the absolute funnest experience I ever had turkey hunting was um, I was up on a piece of private land that I've been hunt, hunting with my dad since I was a kid. And I was up there by myself, and it kind of sits on a ridge. And at the top of the ridge, like half of it's field, and there's some old four-wheeling trails, and then there's another field on the back side of the woods. There's like a field, 
strip of woods, another field, trails that ran all through there. And I'd been there all morning, and I'd heard a couple of birds. I've heard I heard a couple of birds. <laughs> These birds got gastrointestinal problems. No, I'd, <laughs> I'd heard them gobble. And they kind of shut up. And once again, here it was, you know, midday. And I was like, well, I guess it's about time to head to the house. And I hear one gobble on the other side of the woods in the other field. And we don't have permission to hunt there. But So I'm sitting there and I hear him. He's clearly responding to my yelps, but I don't know why he's doing what he's doing. He's following the wood line down through the field, down towards the road, which is kind of off the side of the ridge. And he just keeps going down that way. And I... I start to think he's circling around behind me. So I'm kind of like facing a little uphill and I hear him going down the ridge behind me and almost sound like he's going to come up on my right hand side. And I'm like, what's he doing? So I work, work, work. And like, there's no real good place to set up. It's kind of almost like there, there's a clearing for the road and it's almost a thicket. And so I just kind of weasel into the thicket and try to find someplace where I'm kind of hidden. And I'm like, all right, he's going to come up on my right hand side. Well, about that time I start hearing, yelps in front of me and i look and here comes these two hens and one of them was clearly a boss hen and she is pissed off and so like she's just yelping looking for this other hen who was me that she didn't know at the time trying to figure out what's going on who's in her territory and so i start yelping back like i start mimicking her so she'd be like and i'd start going and the more i would the more she would yelp i would copy exactly what she would do and like she started getting like the yelp started getting more frequent and she started getting like, you know, louder and louder and louder, just like she's getting pissed off. And I finally got to the point where I was like cutting her off with my yelps as she was yelping. And she comes strutting in there all high up, you know, looking like looking for a fight. Well, about that time, I hear the gobbler on my left coming back up the wood line that he went down previously before. And I was like, Yes, it's gonna happen because like he hears these two shooks fighting, and he's going to come up here and be like, ladies, 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 there's enough for me to go around. Just calm down. And um, so then I had the bright idea. I'm like, okay, he's getting real close. I'm going to shut up because I was thinking, I was like, if I shut up, she'll meander back off in the direction that she came in from because she came in from my left, but she was headed to my right. And then she like, came over to me. And then, I mean, seriously, she must have got within 10 yards of me, never saw me. So I'm like, well, I'll shut up. She'll head off that way, and he'll come down this logging road, four-wheeler trail to my left, and I'll be in business. So I shut up, and she meanders about five feet off to my right, and then turns around and does a beeline and goes all the way over to the left to the edge of the wood line, and I never heard the gobbler again. I never heard the hen turkey again. I guess they just went off and wedded bliss and made a little turkey baby somewhere, but yeah, they were, uh, but it was just like, just that interaction, like I was like, you know, if you could have, if you could imagine like a Jerry Springer episode where they're fighting, but with two hen turkeys, that was kind of like the argument that was going. That's what it felt like the argument. You know, I'm probably anthropomor- anthropomorphizing or whatever a little bit, but that's what it felt like the argument was going on between me and that hen turkey. And it was just so cool to have that level of an interaction with a wild animal when the whole time with you know the gobbler in the background. It was just I don't know. That's one of the. I th- I think it'll probably it'll take a lot to edge that one out of my top five turkey stories of all time. I, yeah, that was, that was killer. We, uh, we almost let this opportunity get away from us without talking about the goat. 
Oh my god, you have a goat? Well, you're right. Yeah. I mean, that's, How can I forget about the goat? That's technically a turkey hunting story. It is technically a turkey. That was the same um that was the same hunt where we got shafted by the yep. pontoon party boat. Yep. Yeah, and the weird thing, so I guess we'll give a I don't know I don't know which part of the backstory to start on here, but um Well, you tell everybody what happened and I'll lead in with some backstory to what happened yeah before that so we weren't we had we'd went in hunting together and uh and we weren't if i remember right we hadn't heard anything we hadn't really i mean we hadn't had a bird striked up or anything you know and uh and we're we i think we just sat down to do some blind calling right i got that right mm-hmm. yeah so we sat yeah. down to do some blind calling i i get i set up in my little spot then i looked down and realized i'm sitting in poison ivy so i had to get up and move <laughs> move to a different tree then we sit down, we settle in, and you started calling. The next thing I know, there's something coming. We were on; it was an old roadbed, and there's yeah, and it was like I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but like just to paint a picture, like we're like kind of on the side of a real a gentle sloping ridge, and like this ro- old roadbed in front of us is like the most pit like if you were to draw the perfect like turkey hunting scenario, it would be this roadbed because yeah. it's like mature trees kind of giving you shade and just like fresh little nubile green sprouts in the road red just as pretty as you please yeah yeah it's like the yeah. perfect strut zone the perfect like yeah scratching area i mean it was it was everything you know so we're set up there and you were calling and uh and the next thing i know there's something coming from and i was sitting to your left and then there's something coming from my left and i thought all right here we go there's some some gobbler's coming in silent, you know, he's, he's going to charge right in here and I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to, he's going to get to me first and this is my bird, man. <laughs> and I, but the, the grass in front or the, you know, the grass and the brush and stuff in front of me was just tall enough that I kind of had to make myself real tall. I sort of had to raise up to look up over it and I raise up and I realize that this like black thing moving in front of me is not a turkey. It's a goat. <laughs> it is somebody's barnyard goat that has gotten loose and has been living out in the wilderness for God knows how long. And it looked, it looked, I mean, I've, I've seen mangy coyotes didn't look as rough as this poor goat, man. I mean, it was rough looking. <laughs> uh, he's just out there living his best goat life. Man. I guess. But the funny thing about that particular goat is, the season before, when I discovered that particular piece, I didn't discover. You know, I'm not like Christopher Columbus, but I mean, when I when, when I when I when I found that particular piece of land that we were hunting on for myself, I had came in via kayak, and there was a cave in this cove where 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 we parked our kayaks at. And the previous year before, I was kayaking in, and I thought I saw this black mass in this cave. And from a distance, I thought it was a bear cub, like, curled up asleep at the mouth of the cave. And I paddled over there, and I was like, it's a damn goat, like, just out here in the middle of nowhere. So, at the time, I, you know, I don't know, I'm still kind of, I'm still kind of thinking, you know, we were technically kind of like a crossroads, because it was an old logging road. And I still kind of think it might have been the devil trying to get us to sell our souls for a turkey or something, because, you know, first time I saw him was in a cave, and then we saw him up there at the crossroads. and Yeah. Well, as hard as that was that day, I might have taken his offer. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think he felt shunned, and that's why he probably sent the pontoon partiers yep. in there to in there to give us the shaft. But yeah, it's a. Uh, I actually, 
it's i'm pretty sure if people go to the uh echo outdoors instagram page if you go way back in my pictures i don't know if i've got a picture from that particular hunt but i know i've got a picture of the goat in the cave on there from the first time from the first time i found him so if people want to see the goat black philip he's a he's a he should be on there well groovy um yeah, I'm, I'm perpetually jacked up. I'm so jacked up for this turkey season that I'm already dreading the end of turkey season. Yeah. And turkey season's not even started yet. So, yeah, I told I told my wife and I might in, I might go into some a slight depression when when turkey season's over this year. Yeah. Well, you've heard of a seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. You just have turkey seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Hey, I did want to ask you real quick before we go. Um, do you have the same affliction that I have? Like, I'm, I, especially this time of year, I'm at the point where like anything that is roughly turkey shaped that I see out of the corner of my eye on the side of the road, like it's turkey, yeah. it'll be like a stump or it'll be like a water grass or something on the side of the road. Nope. Yeah, yeah, I do that all the time. I'm going to petition the state of Tennessee to stop using black trash bags for their garbage yeah. pickup because I'll be I'll be doing. 70 miles an hour down the interstate and I'll nearly crash <laughs> because it was a black trash bag sitting on the side of the highway full of trash. And I think it's a Turkey. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with you. Before, I don't know how my brain works this fast, but like I'll see it out of the corner of my eye. And before I've even turned to look to verify whether it's actually a Turkey or not, I've already like, I've already like went through the checklist in my head. Like I need to find out who owns that property. <laughs> I need to figure out how to get in contact with them. And then I'm like, ah, oh, shit, it's just a trash bag. <laughs> yeah. I go through all the uh, all the steps. Well, sweet man, I think it. Um, I think it about does it. Like I said um, on previous podcasts, if anybody wants to get a hold of us, the email address is uh, eko underscore outdoors at yahoo.com. I'm not quite an adult yet, so I still have a Yahoo email address. So working on a working on working on taking our training bridges off and putting on some big boy pants with the podcast well good deal man um all right i guess uh i guess that'll wrap it up i'm ready man i'm ready for turkey season yeah can't get here fast enough nope